0: To the just justine time podcast with your host justine and special guest preston um how is your wonderful day going i hope it's going good no matter what i hope you're getting through it uh today i am joined by one of my grandpa's friends uh preston say hi
1: hello everyone
0: hello um how are you today uh,
1: i'm doing okay
0: you're doing all right? that's good yeah. um and yeah, you are going to be my guest star on the podcast today. So, what brings you in today?
1: <laughs> well, i I've been listening to your podcast for uh, since you came out now, and there's a couple things I would would like to talk about. It one would be addiction, and uh, I struggle with addiction. I've been clean and sober for almost ten years now. It's really good. Uh, and <laughs> Just I, I still struggle with things, but I don't uh, go back to the drugs anymore, right? There's different ways to do things today compared to when I was uh, into drugs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: compared to how people have it today. Yeah. So
0: That's good. Well, um, may I ask uh, what happened and what got you into your addiction, um, kind of from the beginning, if you want to talk from the beginning to the end?
1: Okay, well like... when I was a kid I got beat really bad by a person and uh I always was bullied and I was scared to grow up because there was a lot of alcohol in my family. And I and I know some people turn to alcohol and make things try to make things better. And I was a little bit scared so when I got older, I knew alcohol wasn't a problem because I could see what alcohol did to a family. So I stayed away from alcohol, but I didn't know nothing about drugs. So I tried to drugs. So I started working on, on the rigs and it just, you know, just started from there. And over the years, I, I would say to myself, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem, but it seems like I can't go a day without it, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm working and all of a sudden I get into a real bad accident.
0: What kind of accident?
1: Uh, a rollover. And I also got, uh, got into, a, uh, an accident on the rig as well, six months apart. So my doctor, he put me on really, really heavy meds and I didn't know, you know, you, you trust your doctor. Right. You know, and. He's giving me all those meds. And I'm saying to myself, you know, are, are they addicting? Because I come from an addictive family, you know. Oh, you'd be fine. So I'm when I wouldn't be in pain, I still be taking this drug, you know, oxycotton,
0: opioids. Co- yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to get away from it, and it was so hard. I, I, I couldn't do it. So I was buying it off the street doing it, going to work, doing it at work. And I'll be telling myself it's okay, man. You know, like everybody's doing it, but I wasn't okay because I was spending thousands of dollars a month into drugs and I had a good job, so I could afford it, you know what I mean? So to me, like, if you can afford your bad habit, it's not a problem.
0: Right. It's I, like you're a functional addict you, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like I I don't have to be on the street to get my drug of choice, you know. So I was seeing in my eyes it was okay. Mm-hmm. But when I wanted to quit and because I knew it wasn't okay anymore, I just couldn't quit.
0: And what what time did you, like how long did you uh, buy off the street to where you decided like, hmm, maybe I should quit?
1: Uh, when, when I got shot at, <laughs> that's <when I laughs>
0: had
1: time to, uh, get out of the back alley yeah. and get into a doctor. But when I went to the doctor at emergency, they look at you funny. They don't, they, they, yes, I don't know. Can I say sterile type of person, but they really don't know how to fix an addict.
0: No. So when you got prescribed these opioids by the doctor, when you were weaning off of them or coming close to your prescription ending, did the doctor suggest anything about like weaning you off of it or did they just cut you cold turkey?
1: Cut me cold turkey.
0: See, that is not good because, um, as you know, the opioid uh, epidemic is happening right now and you are a prime example of why it is happening.
1: <laughs> I I tried suicide twice.
0: Really? Wow, that is... Well, I'm glad you're still here, for one.
1: <laughs> and awesome. I don't mind telling people that I'm an addict because uh, you always say when you go to NA, keep it to yourself. But to me, I'd rather tell someone because I might save a life today if I oh, tell them, you know.
0: Well, but a lot
1: of been inside and say, oh, you're just a piece of crap and you'll figure it out on your own. No. If you can help someone, help someone.
0: Of course. I mean. You don't
1: need a PhD to help someone.
0: Nope. Someone, sometimes people just need a friend, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So when you wanted to quit, like when you had that mental like note to be like, I don't want to do drugs anymore. What were you, what did you try and do? And I understand that you struggled for many years to get off of it. Um, but what I guess, what finally made you be like, okay, no more? Like, did you cut cold turkey? Did you have to, like, wean off of it for a couple of years? How did that go?
1: I'll tell you what happened. It was people, places, and things.
0: People, places, and I things.
1: had to get around different people, do different things, and start a turn-the-page.
0: Right. So, it, did, did you get a- up?
1: It wasn't open, so... I went to meetings. I got in with some good people. I got, I got some sorority under my belt, and then I started to see the picture. And then I said, "Well, you know, I don't need to go to meetings anymore." And I, and that was like over nine years ago. I haven't been inside of an A or AA. Wow. You know, uh, it's all. Uh, how can I say it? I it's all in my head and I know how to fix it now, but I can't fix my problems, but I, I can certainly say to myself, well, I ain't going down that road anymore because I was down there. Right. N- nothing good. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, when I feel like something's happening, I go for a walk. I color, I get my brain, into a different mode so i would go buy puzzles put puzzles together you know uh go for a drive something so i'm not in my head you know uh, i'm thinking about something else now not to get high or you so I don't know if that makes any sense or it, not. It,
0: it completely does. What you're describing is definitely different. Um, healthy coping mechanisms is what you're describing, um, which is really good. Essentially, people who struggle with addiction, whether that's alcohol, weed, heavy drugs, all that stuff, um, usually, yes, the only way that you can um, kind of wean yourself off of it is to distract yourself. Essentially, you take one addiction and replace it with another. I'm not saying that coloring and going for a drive is addicting, but you... No. You, you just replace those things. Like some people turn to like extreme exercise. Some people turn to like food or cooking or hiking or driving or coloring. It's essentially, yeah, you're trying to replace like, because with opioids, it's a relaxant, right? You get like the happy feeling, the chill feeling. Um, usually And your brain wants to find that same like stimulation. So with coloring or going for a drive, at least you're giving your brain some sort of stimulation that it doesn't need the drugs for, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. How long did it take you? So, do you... actually? Here's a genuine question. Do you still, um, do you sometimes think about doing it again or not anymore? Like you, that's out of your mind.
1: I never think about it anymore Don't because it anymore. because it's, uh, it put me through so much. It's just like watching a horror movie, right. you know. And I I don't want to put myself through it anymore. I don't want to put my family through it anymore. And the most important thing is you don't do it for your family. You don't quit for your family. You don't quit for your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. You quit for yourself. Because if you don't quit for yourself and if you just quit for family, it's going to be a failure. So I don't even think about it anymore because I love my family that much and I love myself that much now, I, I wouldn't wanna go down that road anymore.
0: Of course.
1: It's scary. And today the drugs is totally different than what I'm used to.
0: Yeah, so that's something that I wanted to talk about. How different, like, I guess as of what you know, why do you think it's so different? Or are you talking more about like how fentanyl is in drugs yeah. now? <laughs>
1: uh, my niece, she said to me, she said, uncle, I'm gonna try marijuana. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I can't be around you 24-7. I can't stop you, what you're going to do. Right. But in my mind, I said to myself, well, marijuana is a lot better to try than cocaine. Of
0: course. Fentanyl,
1: opiates, right, you know? Mm-hmm. But we had to rush her to the hospital because they have fentanyl really? in, in the weed, you know? So here I am, I'm telling my niece, well... Marijuana is better than bad drugs. You know what I mean? And I'm saying to myself, why did I even say that? I, yeah, i not used to, I'm not used to hearing about fentanyl or whatever else in marijuana, you know?
0: Exactly. And this was before, uh, I'm going to assume that weed was legal in Canada. So she not yeah. off the street. Yeah. Um, no, definitely fentanyl has been coming a huge problem. And it's really interesting because a lot of people have that mindset with marijuana and how like, it's the good drug. It's like, if you want to try a drug, try marijuana, there's no, it's no harm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is like, which is really interesting, especially now that marijuana is legal in Canada, it is essentially, it is that it's, it's a good drug. Like it doesn't affect you. But in reality, it's like um, I don't know you. Well, I'm not sure. Back in your sorry, I don't want to make you yeah. feel old. <laughs> but right. back back in your day, because um, you know how way back in the day that cigarettes and smoking were considered good for you. Did you yeah. grow up in that time? Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and that.
1: Oh, no pregnant women on the boxes are saying cigarettes can kill you or whatever. Right. There was, was
0: commercials like that would yeah. promote smoking, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it turns out 50 years later that, oh, smoking, you know, causes cancer, kills you. Um, I, do you ever wonder, or this is just something that I wonder about, that I wonder if that's the same thing with marijuana right now, that people are like, oh, it's not that bad right now, but it's because there's not enough research on it. That's my whole, like, thought about it. But going back to your niece, um, yes, fentanyl has been coming a huge problem. Um, mar- or marijuana can also be laced with cocaine and all that stuff. Yeah. You have to really have, like, a repu- reputable dealer, I guess. But it, yeah. it that really sucks. Did she, she ended up surviving? Like, what happened? She got rushed to the hospital?
1: Oh, yeah, she got rushed to the hospital. And uh, what did they give her? They gave her Narcan, I think. Narcan.
0: Uh narcon or uh no what is it? Noxalone is also yeah. another one.
1: And I guess it blocks the it the, blocks
0: opioid receptors, yes.
1: Yeah. And right away as soon as he gave it to her, she was woke like, up. What happened? Mm-hmm. But now she she has uh I don't know, uh she has problems with it now. Like it did something to her.
0: What kind of problems? Like mentally, physically Yeah,
1: mentally like uh if she's even if she even smells marijuana, she thinks she's gonna get like it again, you know oh, what wow. I mean?
0: Wow. Okay. So okay. I it sounds like she has like some PTSD from that yeah. event. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw PTSD as well, but that's because where I was a younger kid and I got beat all the time and
0: of course. Um I actually um when this episode comes out, I just talked about my la my episode Oh my goodness. My episode before this one um was actually about PTSD and trauma. So I know a little thing or two about it. Did you ever get diagnosed? Did you ever get diagnosed with anything or I
1: told a doctor what my uh psychiatrist what was going on and he he diagnosed me right then and there.
0: With PTSD? Yeah.
1: Wow. Like Yeah, I I had a talk to him for a couple hours and Yeah, and he uh he may, I brought some tears to my eyes, but then he told me, "Well, I have this disease, so, and I have another disease as well. <laughs> I Like you know, like uh, an addict is always going to be an addict, an it alcoholic is always going to be an alcoholic, but you just got to overcome it, mm-hmm. okay. be strong. And what helps me to stay sober, like asked before." I just don't want to go down that road anymore
0: right
1: it's scary (laughs)
0: yeah it is so it sounds like um for you you essentially started doing it because one yes your doctor was your like tipping point and then it seems like since you were working in the rigs and everything everyone else did it so do you do you think that it was did you ever get peer pressured for it or it's essentially well everyone else is doing it so it's okay to do it
1: yeah exactly yeah I, I didn't get peer pressured or nothing I I, I said to myself, oh, this is part of the work.
0: Right.
1: Part of work. This is, because this is all you hear around town, is right? Oh, if you work on the rigs, you're, you're an alcoholic and a drunk. That's, uh,
0: yep, and that's still said to, uh, that's yeah. still the same to this day, that if yeah, you work on the rigs. Hate,
1: hey, it is not the same anymore. No? No, I have a friend, he's a consultant, and, uh, they do drug tests frequently now, like, right out of the blue. You could be working today, and there is a, a doctor on site going to do your urine sample right now. So well,
0: That's good that there's more protective measures.
1: And what I would like to see, if you got a problem with alcohol, any addiction, you should be able to go to your company and tell them. And they shouldn't look back at you and say, well, find a new job. They should, they should try to help you as well, you know, like put you in the right direction.
0: Yeah, um, I've actually talked about this before. It it is um, people are seeing that um, you know how nowadays um, people are trying to advocate for more mental health days off of work and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm um, going into work and say I can't come in today because uh, my mental health is not there. I got a upset stomach. Uh, I got suicide thoughts. I, I just don't feel good. And they they look at you like, oh, he's crazy.
0: Yeah, either that or it's just like, well, everyone else is working. Like, why can't you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Even though a lot of people don't realize that mental health um, has a lot of debilitating symptoms, like physical symptoms and stuff. Um, At one point or at what point that when you were using um, these drugs that it started becoming debilitating because you said that you were functional for a while and then it started affecting your friends and families. What happened that affected that? Like, what started to happen? Did you, like, start not showing up, etc.? Like, you know what I mean?
1: I I always showed up, and I always thought I'd done a good job. But when I almost killed someone, because I was high, Mm -hmm. and I said, would I do that if I was sober? Fuck no. No. (laughs) But because I was high, not in the the right thought of my head, Mm -hmm. I went home and I didn't sleep for days thinking about I almost killed someone. And that's when I said, I got to do something. Right. And I tried to go in treatment centers and all just other places. It just wasn't working for me. I, I had to do it on my own.
0: Yes, um, it definitely seems like, especially in Canada, that our mental health system sucks. Like, it, it is almost impossible to get help if you're trying. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, if you go to a hospital and say you're a recovering addict, oh, they, got, they don't understand what you're saying to them. You know, they just look at you as a, either a bum on the street Or you don't care about society, and that's why you're doing your drugs. And the people that's in there, they're not trained. You know, they might go to school for, say, four years, and in the four years they go to school, they might get trained about being an addict for a day.
0: Right. You know, like a semester, yeah.
1: Yeah, like they don't get enough time to understand what a person is going through. And and that... Yeah, peel. Say, take this peel, put it under your tongue, and make it all better. I don't want no more drugs in me. I want. Right. You know, don't give me drugs. I want someone to talk to. That's why. When I did, I went people, places, and things. Get new people, get a new place, and do different things. Exactly. And that's What?
0: what? Sorry. And that,
1: that's what helped me. People, places, and things. Right.
0: No, and, and go on. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> meetings and just getting around good people, you know, that people that understand you and that's going, not going to look down on you and say, oh, well, he's just another waste of skin. Let him go.
0: Yeah, it really sucks that people view, um, addiction and all that in that way, where it's- people are like, oh, you're just a waste of space, like, you just are ruining your life, when in reality, usually people who use drugs and everything, it's more of a cry for help, um, more than, I want to do it, because people who are so far down in addiction tend to not know how to escape, it's like their way of life, and then when they do try and get help, people turn a blind eye, Yeah, it's the same with like homeless people. Like we have a huge homeless problem everywhere around the world. And yet they're known as like the invisible people because no one wants to help them.
1: But uh, I help homeless people like uh, I go to Tim Hortons every day and I buy a couple of Tim cards and I'll give it to them, you know, they're like, thank you. It's like, no, you don't have to thank me, man, because I was almost on the street at one time and I know things ain't easy. And I know you're not a bad person. And yeah. even if they do drugs, it's not the person. It's the drugs is doing it to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. If they
1: quit drugs, they would quit it. Huh? They're a different, they're a totally different person. It's not like if they're stealing, they probably never stole a day in their life. But when they become an addict, they need their drug. You'll do anything to get it. I mean, anything.
0: Yeah, people. Yeah, anything pro- from prostitution to stealing to anything that gets you anything, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Calgary a couple months ago. I just sitting in the parking lot. A guy didn't even know me. He comes over. He goes, "Hey, you want to buy some? You want to buy a point of uh, fentanyl?" Really? Would like, be a cop. He says, "Yeah, you, you lock me up for one day. I get a meal somewhere to sleep."
0: That's... Wow, that actually yeah, I've heard him. There was actually um, oh, what's it called? There was a uh, like, what do you call it? A report, I guess. There was a report done where actually this old, um, this older guy, I think he was like fifty nine or something, that he did the exact same thing that he what? Well, but he went to a bank and he robbed the bank for one dollar just so he could go to jail and get food and a shower, yeah. which which is awful. The fact that you have to go to jail to get some sort of Hair, right? It's like
1: like the other night I was at Tim Morton's and I seen a guy steal a, a cup, a, like a Morton's cup that's like 20 bucks. Right. And he walked right by the police officer. I told the police officer, I said, he just stole that cup, you know? And because he, he's known to the police, the cop just took it from him and put it back on the counter. I said, well, what would happen if I would have took it? He said, you probably would have got a ticket. I said, why is he not getting a ticket?
0: Because
1: he's he's homeless and he's got no money.
0: That's so interesting how like, like, because with law and um, law enforcement, you aren't, um, you are taught, I took a one year course in law. And what we are told is that you are not supposed to have bias. Against yeah. anyone, and that is like complete bias that you just explained. Where if you're known in the system, it's like oh, it's whatever. But yeah. if it was someone else, and that's kind of goes on to the whole topic of um, straying off a uh, topic a little bit um, on how the justice system is totally um, messed up, I guess because. Oh, totally. Well, um, I'm not going to bring in any names, but there is a situation going on with someone I know that, um, so a couple years ago, um, this person's girlfriend actually got murdered, um, at a mall by their, um... How would I explain this? So she got stabbed, um, I think it was around 27, 29 times because she rejected a guy. Um, So she was dating someone at the time and then someone asked her out and she said no. And so that guy pursued her and stabbed her at that supermarket because she denied him. Um, And so he ended up getting a life sentence um, after I think it was a year after the whole incident. He got a life sentence. And if you know anything in Canada, a life sentence is only 25 years. You can't, you can, I think you can have multiple, but usually life sentence, 25 years after 25 years, you have a chance for a retrial, right? Well, it turns out that uh, just a couple days ago, I heard about it, that the guy, since he was on good behavior in the jail, that they're going for a retrial and he might be able to walk free pretty That's soon. Crazy. It is absolutely disgusting, I think.
1: <laughs> when you stab someone 27 times you're not just doing it by accident
0: no like that's not even manslaughter that it's is like you know it is, yeah
1: like uh i watch a lot of csi uh documentaries and right. they say if you're going to kill someone kill them and if there's like 27 stab wounds and or 20 bullet holes in you there only need to be one to do the job
0: of course but it just, it, it really sucks how, or even going into other um, cases where um, this is more touchy. There's a new law in Canada that actually got passed by the Supreme Court. And this essentially, it uh, I forget what the bill was called, but it is essentially that if you are drunk and intoxicated or high on drugs, and you go out and sexually assault, let's say a woman or a man, right? And like rape them, um, because you were under the influence, you won't get charged for it. What? Because you weren't in the right state of mind to make a, a proper decision.
1: Files are going to say, "Well, I was drunk."
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what what's doing. going on. Yep, and even so, I'm not sure if this is just Canada, but if that like rape or sexual assault results in a baby, um, the person of the rape can, uh, what is it? They can basically take the baby away since it is theirs, and that they can also demand child support.
1: That's crazy. It is.
0: It's disgusting. Like, for me, I just, I don't like that. The fact that now it's okay to go get drunk and ha- do and, that sexual yeah, assault. And,
1: oh, I can sexual assault this lady. I'm not in my right mind. I, I'm not going to get charged for it. I'm going to make a kid. And hey, oh, well.
0: Yeah. like let the like, government rear it up. Oh, exactly. We, and the, the tax- government. Oh, taxpayers. Exactly. So. No, it,
1: it, it. it
0: no sorry um it's not it's pretty tough and especially going on with certain cases of before with like sexual assault and stuff there was a case I think his name was Toby something um he ended up sexually assaulting a girl in a back alley um and he was caught by two um other people who were at the bar and uh, those two people apparently got diagnosed with PTSD with how traumatic it was anyways it turned out that this guy was in high school on a swim team essentially and so during court he basically tried to plead that hey i'm on this swim team don't give me that much of a punishment because i have a career ahead of me essentially he only ended up getting six months in prison and got released i think after two months so that he could go back to to go swimming even though what he did was a, a, a crime
1: yeah and it yeah. goes back to like me, where I I said to the police officer. So if I would have stole that container, you I would have got charged. Right. Because you know this guy is uh, is homeless and he's got no money. You just asked for the merchandise back and it's all good. Right. And now- I know I know a homeless guy in Minnesota. He's got twenty one trespass charges. Wow. Okay. And they keep giving him trespassing charges, and they know he's got no money, and so they know he's going to come in, surrender, and come in when it gets cold. So why even give him a ticket? Yeah. They have no money.
0: I, I mean, exactly. Like if you're going to give him a ticket, like at least you should at least hold up that end of the bargain, right? Where you should like that's so weird because if if we or like if I were to get trespassing tickets I get six of them that will start leading up and then you know like how if you don't pay your fine within 60 days it like doubles or something and then a warrant goes out so like why why am I not allowed to trespass 21 times you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: that uh, that's so interesting how there's so much bias in the world today and especially going back to homeless people and people with addiction it's like it's they're seen as like ah it's fine. Like, they're their own problem. You know what I mean?
1: The guy said to him, to me, he said, he's just a black hole.
0: So. Right. That's crazy. I uh, I really wish. What do you think, um, let's say, the world or people could do to, like, if you could control, like, the police force or anything right now, what would you want to change
1: if you could? Just, just listen to them. Listen to the people. Mm-hmm go out and spend a couple of days with them and see what they have to go through to make it day by day. Of course. And like for me and you, we can go jump in the shower right now and cook bacon and eggs, Right. you know, but a couple of years from now, we could be that same person. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think people should learn more about if they're downsizing someone before they talk about the person, do what the person's doing. Right. Because like I said before, that person could be a good person. The only thing that's different, he's an addict or she's an addict and she's the only doing it for a drug of choice. Because if she had a back, she would love to have her kids at home, bring them to school. But once they've got a hold of you and you're hanging around with the wrong people, you don't see it as a problem because everybody's doing it.
0: Exactly. And that's why parents are always so scared of their children getting into the wrong crowd early. Right. Mm -hmm. But no, that that makes um, a lot of sense because it, it seems like that people it's like. From what I've been hearing um, in my life, it doesn't seem like people want to do drugs. It's like drugs come into their life and then the whole thing of like, oh, you can only do it once or like don't do it once kind of thing. And then but it seems that people either do it because it's socially acceptable in your crowd or that your life, like if you're homeless, like you will turn to drugs because that's the only sense of happiness that you get the feeling of. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I watched a documentary on East Easting Street in Vancouver. Okay. Oh yes. And this is a new what new documentary actually is only like a two months old.
0: It yeah, it just came out.
1: And they're giving that addicts now pure heroin because the fentanyl is so bad there, people are dying. They got a site set up that you go in twice a day and the government pays for the heroin, straight heroin and and it's all good.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's... there's so
1: so- up the street.
0: Yeah. No, I've heard about that. I know in Vancouver, um, there used to be... Or I think this is everywhere around the world where um, if you are homeless, um, I think everywhere you have access to clean needles. And that's just to stop the... AIDS ap- epidemic like where um since if you're a heavy drug user on the street uh, the government will provide you with clean needles um but yes i heard about that documentary um because fentanyl is getting so bad here but that's so interesting it's like if the government is so lo- like law enforcement on like if you are caught with heroin or drugs like me like if i go outside and i have like a gram of heroin on me i am going to jail for oh, years yeah. but it but if i'm homeless and i'm doing heroin oh i can go get some for free so i i don't i don't understand that dynamic where it's like so why are we or i guess us because we are taxpayers why are we paying for the drugs that you arrest us for you know what i mean and that is really interesting because i understand that like they're trying to get rid of the fentanyl problem but you're making it a bigger problem because I'm pretty sure if you could go in, if I like ratted up my hair a little bit and claimed that I was homeless, do you think I could get a gram of heroin? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's awful. I, I think it's awful because I feel like, and even so, even if you're in a homeless uh, situation, like you were just gatewaying t- so that they never get better, right? And
1: like, I was told my friends that live in Vancouver, you can sit on their police station step and shoot up wow. and they might say something or they mightn't say something depending on who it is
0: mm-hmm. but see and that that goes to the situation of it, you're just a problem they just don't want you to be the problem so they're going to just shoo you away so that they don't look bad yeah. You know what i mean so
1: Ugh. if if the, if they want to know what it's really like and they really want to help someone just jump in their shoes someday and say i'm going to go up with an homeless guy. I'm not going to do drugs. I'm going to let him do drugs, but I'm just going to see what it takes for him to get his drugs. And after he gets his drugs, what does he do? I can tell you what he does. He gets high, and then he thinks about going out again before he gets sick to look for more drugs or break in places, steal things and sell it you know so like uh just just dip in their shoes someday instead of saying oh they're just a waste of skin of course it's it's not right
0: it's not right and it's so interesting because like i always have the take of if you're going to use our taxpayer money to get um to get drugs for these people why don't you use that money to support housing to put, yeah. fund housing, but like, and I think that's where like greed comes in with the government where it's like, like, I don't know your thoughts about this. And this is a touchy topic anywhere. It's controversial, but essentially where I stand or my opinion is, is I think there is a cure for cancer. 100% there's a cure. Oh so, yeah. You think so too?
1: Yeah. I and- had a that passed away. He was 35 years old with cancer. And he gave him a needle that was $17,000 and i was supposed to buy him some time. Wow. Then, no time, zero time, you know? And what right now, when people say to me, would you like to donate to cancer? I say, no, they have enough of money. Oh. How much more money do they need? We've we gave them billions, millions, billions of dollars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think is, the, uh, is a cash cow.
0: It it, it it is. And like, don't get me wrong, I understand that there's probably some research going into it. But at the same time, it's like if you are getting like $5 billion a year from let's say the Terry Fox runs everything and just from normal support, it's like, how is that amount of money not going toward? How is there no cure? Or even if so, why don't we take that money for cancer and Put it to somewhere else. Like, billions of dollars is a lot of money. And my whole concept of society is that money is just printed. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a a societal concept, right? So for me, it's like, if the government is in debt, because I know America is like something trillion in debt or something like that, but like, how can you be in debt if you are funding drugs for people? Like, I, I don't understand why we don't use this billions of dollars to just open up other things, you know.
1: What I mean? Yeah, open up like Minnesota's got one remand, like one place to go get clean here, and they only got nine beds. There's right. more than people in the city that's got addiction problems. Oh, they're going to put you in Fifth North. Well, you're not. You're you probably don't need to be in Fifth North, but that's where they put you. And then they say, "Well, I'm in Fifth North. I must be crazy," you know. No. So in somewhere else besides cancer or making people more aware, more awareness on things.
0: Well, and, like, the fact that there's only nine beds, it's like, okay, well, what deems one person worse than the other? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, you've been doing drugs for five years, but you've only done drugs for a week, so we're going to take the five-year person because they need it more, even though that one-week person could probably get turned around faster than the five-year person. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it'll have withdrawals, but it won't be, like, as the five-year person.
0: Right, where, like, you get deliriums and stuff. Yeah, like, I... It's so crazy. Like, I just, um, I know in Swift Current, where I used to live, um, there was a, I forget what it's called, but it was a homeless shelter, but it was for teenagers. And it was essentially that if you got kicked out, like if you had bad, family life and stuff. You could go to this house and they will provide bed, food, and everything. And so they were asking uh, money for the government because they wanted to be government funded because they couldn't do it on their own. And the government sent them a letter saying, no, we cannot fund this because it just... I forget what the reasoning was, but they just said they couldn't fund it because it wasn't, I guess, government whatever. So they had to shut it down. And I remember um, at the time I was friends with two of those people who were in the homeless shelter and like they were like crying and absolutely a mess because they were going to have to sleep on the sidewalk again because the government refused to help them.
1: Yeah, and that shouldn't be, you know, like there should always be beds for everyone in Canada. There shouldn't be no homeless people. And if you want homeless, okay, that's a different story. If you want to be homeless, don't be at a superstore with a sign up saying, I need money for food. I need money to get home because you choose to be homeless.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Leave us alone then. Right. But you know what, you know what I'm getting at?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Like if that's your choice, if you want to be homeless today right? and your choice, well, leave us alone. Don't bug us for money. If you want to be left alone.
0: Right. And see, and I think that's the issue. It's because, like, playing devil's advocate, it's essentially people don't know if you want, to, if you are homeless by your choice, like, whether that's, like, um, like you're doing drugs and then, you know, you got kicked out of your home and you're homeless now, or is it, are you homeless because you're an ex-military veteran and you, like, because if you haven't heard, military veterans are the most homeless people in the world because after the military, the military does not help you actually. You yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so what?
1: Done. They just kicked you out. You yeah. and you and got all this stuff in your head and you don't deal with it. That's why they turn to drugs just yep. for 5 minutes of getting away, getting in their, getting out of their head, you know.
0: It's, exactly. And it and it really sucks that um, people do that. But at the same time, again, playing devil's advocate, and I don't even like this way of thinking where maybe if the government did provide all of this funding, then it might make the problem worse. It, do you get where I'm coming from? I'm not saying it would make it worse, but I feel like that's what they're trying to defend where it's like, oh, well, if we open up all these homes and for homeless people, then people are just going to take advantage of that. Which, yes, some people will take advantage of it. But at the same time, you're helping millions more. You know what well, I mean?
1: What to do is just say to them and make it right make it stick to them is like you this is one you don't get three strikes there's only one strike right. that's it you're done mm-hmm. because they give people so many so many after another okay this is enough this is enough you know like 27 trespasses how many more do we have to give you we know you got no money we know you're not pay it so we give you one shot one shot only we put you in this house We'll buy your food for you. We'll buy diapers for you. Mm -hmm. But if you take in strangers and this place becomes what it's not supposed to be, you're out.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. And and even so, like, uh, I... With these houses, if they are going to give free heroin to people in Vancouver, do the the thing with the houses. And it's like, all right, we'll give you clean drugs, but you got to make sure you're doing a step action plan to wean off of it. Because if they have the right to give you heroin, I think they should have the right to also withdraw you properly. Because with the emergency doctor that you were talking to, how they just like, oh, you're an addiction, like, get out of here. Like, doctors are trained, and especially with the opioid epidemic, um, once you're on opioids, you're supposed to get weaned off of them. Like, you're supposed to- so, I actually- I have a friend, um, on my stream who broke his- uh, I forget if it was his elbow or his knee. And he- a knee, it was his knee and he got prescribed opioids for 5 days i think it was oxycodone and i remember him coming on the stream and him being like yeah They just cut me off or he had the option to go back and ask for five more. So, but there was no, like, even though in psychology, like when I learned about drugs and everything, you are supposed to do a proper withdrawal process. So if you are on oxycodone for five days, you're supposed to be withdrawn. So if you're on, I don't know, the milligrams, so I'm going to just eyeball it like if you're put on let's say 50 milli or 100 milligrams of oxycodone let's just say then the next week you're supposed to get prescribed 50 and then 20 and then 10 and then you wean off because if you cut cold turkey that's just going to make people buy off the street right Yeah. Oh, but yet, I d- exactly and i don't understand why doctors won't do that whether it's did you when you got prescribed oxycodone did you have to pay for it or you got it for free when you got prescribed by the doctor
1: I got it for free by the doctor.
0: Exactly. So if you can get it for free, why don't they just wean you off correctly? If you would have got weaned off correctly, I don't think you would have ever had the struggle with the problem unless, you know, the rig people made you do it. You know what I mean?
1: But the the day, uh, you could double doctor. And today you can't do that because the technology is there. But when I was doing my drug of choice, I would probably see... Six doctors in a week, I would in medicine at Brooks, Leftbridge, Tabor. Right. I would drive all over you know just to get the doctor. and I always would bring my my uh, X-ray with me to show them that my back was broke and right. my crushed and you know like I'm showing them all this medical and I'm not in no pain. it's just my addiction. And when I would see that doctor pull out that triplicate prescription, Oh, the drive was worth it because I knew I was getting, but would pay out of my own pocket because I didn't want to get caught sometimes because, Mm -hmm. uh, but to say my drug coverage, oh, we already covered, we already gave you a hundred tablets a day, four days ago. Mm -hmm. So you know that they are not going to cover it again. So I would just tell them, no, don't put it through my insurance. I would just pay it. The people at the drugstores should realize, well, he was just in there. Like,
0: yeah, and they don't bat an eye. he like,
1: just give it to you, you know?
0: Yeah, and yeah, like, I know nowadays, there's more of a, it's interesting, because when it comes to opioids, it's like opioids is given out like candy, like I could probably walk in and be like, my back hurts, and they would give me something. But when it comes to mental health, I did a whole podcast on this, where so for me, um, I don't know if you know much about me, but I you said you attempted twice, I've also attempted twice, crazy. um but so when I finally was trying to get better um it turned out that I most likely have ADHD that's what the psychologist said and he said that if it becomes more debilitating to go to a doctor and get prescribed Vyvanse or Adderall because that's what helps. Um, I ended up going to three different doctors and two of them said, no, because you're just going to sell them or use them as a study drug because I was at university at the time. And if you know anything about Vyvanse or Adderall, um, yeah, it's it's used. If
1: if you want to clean your house.
0: (laughs) Yep. Do Adderall exactly. and it's the same with studying. If you want to study for twelve hours for a big test, your, take an Adderall.
1: Your head is in the book, you don't you're just yep, oh, and three days gone by now,
0: yeah, exactly. and it's like I haven't even got up from the book, you know what I mean Um, but it ended up being that yeah, they assumed that I wanted to do it as a study drug and that I wasn't like um that I didn't actually have a problem
1: you didn't and that- you, were, you, you didn't need it. You just saying that you just wanted to study.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like I actually needed it because, you know, my brain is all messed up. <laughs> and then the last doctor that I went to openly denied me and basically was like, well, you need a psychologist backing to say that you have ADHD. And so I said, well, when I was in the psych ward for the week that I was there, the psychologist did half diagnosed me with ADHD he said that it'd become prevalent he basically said that I'd have late onset ADHD which essentially means you catch it when you're 20 or older catch it like a cold not like that but you get what I mean yeah Um, And so he didn't believe me and so I said, well go phone that hospital that, but this was two years ago, right? And so I was like, well go phone that hospital and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out they don't have a record of it. For some reason, they don't have a record. And so he was like, I can't prescribe you this until you get help by a psychologist. And I was like, okay, fine. So he gives me the numbers to access mental health and I call them and all that. Turns out I have to pay $150 an hour per session in order to maybe, maybe get diagnosed with something, and then you'll get a prescription. But if you're not under insurance, Vivans can cost up to $200 a prescription. And it's just like, is that just a money grab at that point? <laughs> money ground uh-huh because it's like i'm not trying to say i self-diagnose myself because i'm a psychologist but at this because i'm in psychology um but it does suck that i have like i never went through with it and even so my like my boyfriend he wanted um to get like therapy as well just because you know therapy is good for you um but no it's 150 dollars an hour it's like who in their right mind can afford that unless you have rich parents
1: like but that's where this where this comes in again now where the government is paying for heroin, paying for a lot of things and paying for cancer, but they won't help this poor person. That's got PTSD or, or, uh, uh, what's the other one, ADHD, ADHD,
0: depression, whatever,
1: like to them is just, Oh, here's a pill, take it and then you're good, but they don't realize it. I don't want to take the Exactly. I need someone sometimes just talking to someone is better to feel. So more about it, life would be a lot easier.
0: Exactly. And I do know that if you're a teenager, like, if you're 18 and under, you get therapy for free, because you're covered under the young, whatever it's called. But as soon as you turn an adult, it's you have to pay, even though mental health is backed by the government, unless you're a private practice. If you're a private practice, that's your own funds. But if you're backed by the government, it's free. Yet they still make us pay because, oh, you don't have insurance. Like, so... (laughs)
1: Oh no, you don't have that disease no more. That disease right. is gone.
0: Exactly. And go on. Still have, you,
1: I still have the disease I'm 18 now. Hmm. I, I turned 19. I'm not going to get covered because I'm too old now.
0: Y- but yeah. I, the
1: disease it didn't leave me.
0: Right. It's like, well, I like I still need help. Why yeah. are you charging me now? And it's
1: free. And- now it's it, it, our it's they got the wrong people in the wrong places. Mm-hmm.
0: No, and I, I definitely agree with that, especially when it comes to like, um, we should be able to get helped. And especially, I know some people go under the terms of if you have depression, anxiety, PTSD, there is some people out there who don't want to get medicated because medication just numbs you to some people, regardless of how you think. Well, um,
1: My neighbor mm-hmm. just crossed the hallway from me. He's schizophrenic. Okay he doesn't take his meds and throughout the night he's yelling and screaming beating up and why don't you know like uh why do they stop taking their meds they know they're gonna go
0: yeah, so okay. I, I I do know why they stop taking their meds um, so the difference between anxiety and depression to schizophrenia is so that's a psychotic disorder while depression PTSD is a mental disorder so mental disorder means that it's like your normal chemicals which is like dopamine serotonin those are happy chemicals they basically get all jumbled with PTSD you have triggers where it will um, bring on extreme anxiety which is just again more chemicals when it comes to schizophrenia it's a disorder where it affects not just those chemicals but certain parts of your brain so I'm pretty sure um your amniagala your brother's like whoa big words amniagala is your emotion center of your brain and when you have schizophrenia that emotion center um gets it's kind of like disconnected so the thoughts and voices they hear in their head it's essentially you know like your self-talk your brain, like where you think of like, oh, I'm going to do this today in your brain. They can't decipher what their own thoughts are. And that's what makes them hear things and stuff. And the whole reason why schizophrenic people don't like taking their meds is because once the meds start working, that self-talk will start coming in to try and fight them to get off of the medication so that that demon or that thing that is talking to them will stay there and so they don't take it because that their brain is literally being like no you're getting rid of me so i stop basically and your brain is a very powerful vessel right or vessel your brain is a powerful thing
1: and that's what i didn't know
0: yeah yeah and like i'm not trying to be like yes people you need to take your meds or that will happen. You'll scream and like, you know, kind of disturb other people but at the same time, it's like, it is it's a hard, it's a very hard um, disorder to have because with schizophrenia, there's different stems of schizophrenia. Like, it could be as minor as, oh, I hear music once in a while too as where I'm full on screaming at a wall because I think something is there. Oh
1: yeah, like you can you can hear him at 2 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. sometimes. Just cursing and swearing. (laughs) He told me Yesterday we were doing laundry and we crossed paths. He said he's bought probably six TVs in the last nine months.
0: Why? <laughs> Why he's six?
1: playing, playing games mm-hmm. and lose the game, and his mind just goes on him, and he just destroys everything.
0: Wow. See, and that's something like where he like need like if he is medicated, he needs to make sure that he is getting medicated, and that's where with schizophrenia. I don't know if he has anyone else to help him, but usually people with schizophrenia need someone. <laughs> What's I?
1: He lives by himself.
0: And that is like probably the biggest thing. Does he get help? Like, does he go to therapy or is he just prescribed medication? Exactly. So he's just prescribed it. So therefore he'll never get better because you can give some, it's the same thing with drugs. You can give someone drugs. It's their choice to take it or not. Right?
1: I even said to him, I said, you know, if you feel like like that, I said, just come knock on my door, man. Come in. I've and... Talk about things, you know, Yep. you don't want to see me when I'm like that.
0: But see, and that's where I think people need to see it because that's where the whole stigma comes around with schizophrenia. I don't know. What, what do you mean?
1: Like they don't want no one to see them the way they are. So they won't go out, Yeah. stay home and yep. they, won't shower, they won't eat because they're in this, I don't know.
0: The world, their own world.
1: Yeah. And it's not fair.
0: No, it's not. And it really sucks because, like, your brain tries to shut down. Like, you like isolating yourself. That's just something that's, like, really normal. And it really does suck because the stigma of schizophrenia is the whole, like, yeah, like, but that's what you hear. At 2am, you hear the screaming, the banging, the destroying, when in reality, it's like there's a bigger problem. You know what I mean? But yet people... Like the the guy who has schizophrenia, he's not gonna come to you and get help because he's gonna think that you think he's weird. You know what I mean? And then it, it yeah. just creates this whole spiral of not getting better. They
1: arrested a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. because of being loud, they arrested him. Really? Yeah.
0: See, because and that, that's awful.
1: Elding is saying that he's too loud. He's too loud, and they've been there so many times now as being a problem. He hasn't told him he's got a problem. Right. So you got to tell someone, you know?
0: Well, and that's the whole thing. Like the stigma of it, It's like, oh, if you're schizophrenic, you're going to get arrested because you're... Di-. That's the going back to the whole invisible people. If you're a disturbance, it's like they want to just get rid of the problem instead of helping you. So we're yeah. just going to arrest you and throw you in jail or th- throw you in a jail for a day. And then, oh, you better like a little slap on the wrist. You better be better. And then you're allowed back, but instead of, but instead you should actually be getting admitted to a psych ward because with schizophrenia, like your a psych ward is your best bet because you need to be in a controlled area so that you can figure out what's really going on. You know what yeah. I
1: mean?
0: And, but yeah, you're kind of just trapped in your own house.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: that sucks. Cause I was going to ask you the question of what was mental health? like back in the day versus now and you know it's funny because there is a lot of people and on social media it's like oh we're doing so much for mental health like we're taking a stand on like getting like mental health days and everything but it seems like it's still a huge problem as it was back in the day it's just covered up more
1: it's worse i yeah yeah like my buddy i don't go to hanei meetings anymore not because help me but I stay in good contacts with people that's in there. They have three meetings a week, and every meeting they have, there's always somebody new coming in, always somebody new, you know? So if if there's someone always coming in, it ain't getting any better out there.
0: No. And in going back to like with schizophrenia and that, it's so interesting how you can't get help if you're schizophrenic or depressed PTSD. But oh, if I start getting an alcohol addiction, then I can go to AA, Alcohol Anonymous for free. But I need to have a debilitating, like, I need to go get an addiction first to get help. And therefore, it's very hard to get out of that. Like, I really wish that society or the government today would why can't we just like what is it called like hit the nail on the head right away like it's like if i go in on my own accord and being like i have a problem uh, and they help me
1: all you got to do is listen to us uh listen to us uh oh this guy got 15 years of uh uh being a psychologist but he hasn't done drugs in his life yeah so I, I have nothing wrong with psychology and all this, but if you want to treat someone, I don't know if this is wrong for me to say or not.
0: You'd say it's all right. But
1: uh, if you want to help an alcoholic, you should be one yourself. If you want to help an addict, you should be one yourself because just reading a book sometimes ain't going to cut it. You exactly. Know, you You got to know what people are going through in order to say, Oh, I, I know how you feel. Or you got a person that's been in school all your life and say, I know how you feel. He doesn't know how I feel you've been in you haven't, you haven't been in the dark alley at three o'clock in the morning getting shot at or yeah, ab or getting people stealing your money. Mm-hmm. You know, so people got to re- people should go out and hang out with them if they look at them that way. I'm going to go out tonight, I'm going to hang around with this guy, and I'm going to see what he does, how he lives, how he brushes his teeth, you know, right down to a shower to get his drug of choice. Mm-hmm. And by that night he's out, that guy is going to be so tired, he can't wait to get home and get in his bed. Right. And this guy does this every day.
0: No, and I completely agree. And it's funny because, like, I was in – like, I'm in psychology to, like, try and be that. And and that's so funny because it seems like nowadays, like, me, like, I wanted to become a psychologist because, like, that exact reason. I struggled with mental health. I struggled with my own attempts that I wanted to help other people, right? Oh, but – go. What, sorry?
1: You got, you got a road to go on. Yeah. You're, you're not just going to say, oh, I uh, – in my studies this was told to me by my by my teacher in my studies this is what we have to do No, you know know exactly what to do because you've been down that road
0: yeah and but the only issue with that is that so since I did struggle with mental health like I struggled with mental health my first and second year of university that's where it was really bad that my grades took a took a toll right like i wasn't a straight a student but when it comes to psychology you need to have a 96 percent or above gpa and since i was struggling with mental health i didn't have that gpa and so therefore i can never become a clinical psychologist because i don't have the smarts for it and that's why i agree with you to an extent because just because you're super smart and know it by the book doesn't mean you know how to treat a person properly
1: and like in one of your podcasts one time uh you have to go to school for so many years just to be a psychiatrist. And when you diagnose someone, you better be 100% that you're the right diagnose, you know, because you don't want to start giving somebody that doesn't even have the disease and you're treating them for a disease. Yep. So and some people, you know, I think they got to, in order to, Help people get in their shoes someday.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Justin Trudeau, if you watch this podcast, maybe I, you...
0: I don't, but go on.
1: I. You should get in their shoes and see what it really takes to be uh, living from a paycheck to paycheck or living on the street and see how good you like it.
0: Well, exactly. And going on with that, like my friend right now, like going on paycheck to paycheck, it is impossible to live nowadays. So we live in Calgary, right? Me and my friend. And my friend had to work two jobs in order to afford her apartment. And even with those two jobs, she still could not afford anything. It, it, it's awful, like, especially, well, even for me, like, with, like, I live with my boyfriend, and if I, if we lived separately, like, if I lived on my own, I would not be able to afford a place to live, so it seems like the homeless, well, the, econ- the housing, uh, what is it called, the housing economic, or, oh my gosh, yeah, regardless, housing is so expensive, like, for a one-bedroom, I don't know if you know, for a one-bedroom, one-bathroom in Calgary, right now, I pay twelve fifty a month. One thousand two hundred uh, and fifty dollars.
1: I got a one bedroom apartment and I pay seven six ninety five.
0: Six ninety five. Do you pay utilities or utilities in?
1: I pay hundred dollars for utilities. And
0: so around seven ninety five, then so. yeah, and, and even so, seven hundred ninety five, like that's fine. But at the same time, it's when you're living, like, if you're making minimum wage, I don't know what minimum wage is where you are, but in Calgary here or Alberta, it's fifteen dollars for yeah. minimum wage, and even if you're working full time at that, you make I don't know a thousand, so two thousand a month let's say yeah. like okay so 795 goes to your rent and so that leaves you with like 1200 left over okay well that 1200 200 needs to go to groceries and you're just going to be in a constant cycle of paycheck to paycheck and you're never going to be able to buy a house and that's the whole problem
1: and what are you going to get for 200 dollars six bags of groceries
0: exactly like grocery like me and ryan just went grocery shopping yesterday it was 218 dollars and we don't even have a full fridge Exactly. Like, it's Crazy. it's awful it, it seems like going homeless is better than trying to live you know what i mean not trying to say that at all no no but... i don't know
1: why. like uh and people throw away so much food because oh it's going to be expired in a couple of days yeah give it to somebody yeah like, when I go to Tim Hortons, I buy all the donuts before they throw them out. I get a discount on them, all the donuts, and I give them out to the homeless.
0: See, and that's something, there was actually a law that was implemented, Um, because before Tim Hortons actually, or I think it was Dunkin' Donuts in America, that when they, at the end of the night, they have to throw out their donuts, Right. And at the end of the night, they would always give them to people. Like they'd give them out for free or even to the homeless. But then the companies are like, "No, you're not allowed to do that because people are just going to want free donuts." And now that is why they're they have to throw them away now.
1: Yeah, but see uh, what some people are doing, they'll put all the donuts into boxes in a garbage bag and they put they don't throw them in the dumpster anymore. They lay them by the dumpster.
0: That's smart.
1: And you are in a garbage bag. So, hey, what, once they leave the store.
0: Yeah. It's free game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny because in America, so that's called technically dumpster diving, right? I'm not trying to say people dumpster dive, but they that's what it's called. And in America, there's actually a law against dumpster diving. So if Tim Hortons, let's say there's a Tim Hortons in America, were to do that exact thing and a police officer caught you picking up that garbage bag, you would get fined for it because you're they not would- allowed to
1: even though the guy hasn't eaten in five days, you know?
0: Yep, and it's literally rummaging through the dumpster.
1: Now you're going to arrest the guy, put him in jail, take up room for a pedophile that should be in there, repeat him anyway. Just let the poor guy take his food and go. He's only doing us a favor by eating in it, you know?
0: Like, there's no harm.
1: Yeah, like, I've seen people like on documentaries they would show you what they get like it was in new york city those guys were pulling out going in the back alleys of high in restaurants and some people just eat a little bit after a plate and that's it yeah and that gets just put in the garbage but if you don't mind eating out of the garbage you're going to get a probably a nice steak potato yeah you know? but some people just you no, know, we we I don't know why they're scared or, scared or not allowed to help because if I had a restaurant, I would just put a sign up saying, you know, if you eat our food after hours is thrown out, we're not responsible for any sickness.
0: Right. Exa- and, yeah. Just... And just
1: your own bum. Mm-hmm. Because some people will, oh, I got sick eating in there. No, you got sick after you're eating it, or you have never been in my restaurant, you know? Of course,
0: no, and, and, and that's the thing, it's, people will do that, they'll try and sue you, even, even it, like, there's just, there's, like, a bad apple, right, always times, there's always someone who will ruin that, and yeah. so, that's, like, the sucky part, but no, like, I agree, like, there should be more soup kitchens, like, there should be more places where you should be, because I think that housing, food, yeah, just housing and food like should be free to anyone. I don't understand why we have to pay for it. But I understand that money makes the world go round. But it's stupid. But
1: if you can't help a person, either it takes your last five dollars out of your pocket. To me, anyway, that's how I feel. I know it's not a lot. I, I always try to help. Always. Right. But sometimes, you know what? You go to a grocery store. Even before you're done paying for your groceries, the teller is obligated to ask you, do you want to do a donation today? Right. And doing that, I said to her, I said, I can't donate every day, you know, right. but why can't the government jump in and take that burden off of other people?
0: And you know, it's funny speaking about donations and like you're talking about like the grocery store donations, right? Or, like, just the, like, Tim Horne's donation. Um, Just yesterday when we were out grocery shopping, we had the same thing where it's like, oh, if you spend $2, um, you can do it to the Child's Hope Foundation or whatever. And, you know, I'm always 50-50 on that because with big organizations like that, they tend to take 60 to 80% of the profits. Like, uh, do you know the uh, profit UNICEF or no? UNICEF? Yeah. UNICEF they yeah. take 80% of the profit so if you were to donate $100 only 20 bucks goes to the people in Africa who need help the like, $80 goes to the company
1: what's this other thing uh, you set up to help people uh, GoFundMe page
0: GoFundMe yeah
1: they take so much you know like yep. oh we give everything to the customer no, no you don't
0: no it's like, I understand you'd need money to like run as an organization, but if you're trying to help people in need, why are you taking anything? Or if anything, you should only be taking 5% or 10%, like very little, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they're taking, they're taking more than 50% and it's off.
1: Yeah. And it off the top and once left over, that's what you get.
0: Yeah. And like, no, that's not what organizations should be doing. You should be doing it out of the kindness of your heart, not to do a money grab.
1: I, I uh, when I was married, we adopted two kids in Africa. Mm-hmm. We would send them a good amount of money. And I sent a cell phone one time because they were brother and sister. They never did get the phone. That sucks. And the people that got the phone, they sold the phone, got money for it. And the money we thought that we were sending to the kids, mm-hmm. like, school for their clothes and all that. They were only getting $2. And I think at the time we were spending $300 a month for $150 on a kid. That's, and Af- that's good money for a kid in Africa. Yeah. And the kids weren't seeing it, you know? Wow. He passed away to starvation.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. Absolutely How- terrible.
1: that be when you're sending money over there and people still keep asking today do you want to adopt a kid you know over overseas and now a lot of people don't do it because they know they don't get the money that they send to them
0: exactly and then that's it it's because these companies are using good people you know what i mean yeah Yeah. not good well we talked about a lot today (laughs) um is there anything you would like to say? I know we have been saying it throughout, but as a final message, is there anything you would like to say to people who might be watching this podcast?
1: If you think there's something wrong, just just go to the doctor and tell them your problem, you know, and speak to people, talk to people, and, and explain to them, you know, what your situation is. And is there any help for me? you know, and go, go to meetings. Even if you might say, no, they won't work for me. Give it a try just once, just try it one time. And when you do go somewhere, just don't say I'm an addict and I've been an addict for nine years, explain to yourself why all this came up. Maybe you might get someone that will listen to you, but for me, people, places and things. That's what made me sober today. So, yeah.
0: That's really good. No, I really, I, I, I'm I, so happy that you are where you are now. And I do hope that um, things in life are going a lot better than they were.
1: Oh, yeah, they are going. You That's know, I, I take the right steps. And one, one day at a time or sometimes one second at a time. Don't make things complicated. Exactly. Oh, my God, tomorrow I got to do this and that and that. That's just going to make it worse. Just wait for tomorrow to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then deal with it. Exactly. Don't deal with it today. So.
0: And that's really good information. So, but, no, seriously, thank you so much for being thank on the podcast today. Um, I really hope that both of us can help. Um, even if it's one person, I hope we can help oh. someone. Um. What's
1: that? All that matters.
0: All that matters, exactly. But with that being said, um, I am going to do my outro. Um. With that being said, guys, if you did like this podcast, um, feel free to rate it five stars, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you are watching. I really, guys, hope you enjoyed Preston today. Um, also, if you haven't noticed in the background, there is Christmas stuff still up. Um, I am a person who likes to keep their Christmas decorations up um, until February. I'm kind of a Christmas lover, but with that being said, I do hope you guys enjoyed it, and I will see you guys on the next episode um, of the Just Justine Time podcast, and thank you for coming, and again, thank you so so much Preston for coming.